During the last few years, we've ventured into a lot of different fields. And we've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. Welcome to the Walt Daily. This is episode 76. And for those that don't know us by now, we're a Disney couple. One of us is a Disney fanatic. One of us is Disney challenged. But somehow we've made a way to make this relationship work. Yes. You know what I noticed when you did that intro? What? When you started the introduction, your face lit up like a kid on Christmas. Well, yeah, because I have to be Disney. Well, I think it's because you genuinely enjoy this. You can't be Disney without having a lit up face. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's because you genuinely enjoy this experience. I enjoy talking to you. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Very nice. Disney, though. Okay. It's frustrating. In what way? Just in general. Be more specific. <laughs> Just going to the parks is hard. Oh, it's it's not it's not for everyone. Yeah. I will say that. Headlines. Okay. <laughs> Wait, will one headline be about the whole millennial thing? Oh my gosh. I know. And you know what? I was debating. I wanted to ask you before we actually started recording, but I forgot. I was going back and forth whether to bring up such a controversial topic on our wonderful, lighthearted show. Should we tell the story about how, like, what I thought initially when you were reading it to me? Or no? Why don't you tell the story? Okay. Well, you were, you were like, oh my God, people are trying to ban millennials from going to Disney or something like that. Like, somebody said, or they posed an argument online about going to Disney as an adult without children. And I thought, not to agree with anyone on this, but I said, oh, maybe they're arguing that so their kids can have, you know, more stuff to do there. Like, you know, because, like, so their kids can go and have fun or it's too crowded or whatever. But apparently it was because of a pretzel. Well, and of course, this is just the context that I got from it, so... I don't know if this is actually specifically exactly what happened because I wasn't physically there, but it seemed like the person who went on this online rant about people like adults without children at Disney was because her kid saw an adult without children getting a pretzel and her child wanted a pretzel and the mom said that they couldn't have one. And so that's kind of the jumping off point was because her kid saw a woman with a pretzel and, yeah. like, wanted one. It's ridiculous. It's just a weird situation. I feel like maybe it's the summer heat. There have been some weird things happening. <laughs> it's the heat. There have been some weird things happening at Disney parks, from the fights that have been breaking out at yeah. Disneyland to just people becoming very, very frustrated. So it's I'm going to chalk it up to it's the summertime. I'm ready for Christmas. Okay, let's get into your normal headlines. Then. Okay. So my first headline is actually going to be not the traditional headline, but kind of a, a cast member shout out from my last trip. 
So recently I went to Animal Kingdom for the day and it was a genuine rope drop to to closing out the park at Animal Kingdom. Sounds and terrible. It was it was <laughs> very very it was a long day. So and then I wanted to make it just one of a, a like a day trip. So I drove home at the end of the day and I was super tired obviously because I had been up since, you know, 3:30 in the morning or whatever it was. And I wanted to go to Starbucks for a coffee. And then at Creature Comforts, which is the Starbucks at Animal Kingdom, they have these giant Mickey cinnamon rolls. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get this. And I'm going to bring it home and it's going to be my reward for getting home. And I'm like, okay, can I have a box to the cast member? And they like, they say they, they, they don't have boxes. But what she did, and her name is Melissa, she made it so that my cinnamon roll was encased between two plates on top of a box, or not a box, it was on top of something else in the bag so that it would be perfectly safe for the car ride home. So I just want to thank Melissa at Creature Comforts for going above and beyond to protect my cinnamon roll for the drive. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yes. Okay, now a point of safety. Go ahead. Let me not, uh, for some context, you live in Miami. Yes. And you just told people that you went, you drove for a day trip to Disney and then drove home after making road drop to the end of the park. You drove back to Miami. Like to make a point that that is extremely dangerous and people should not do that type of stuff because that means you're driving tired, most likely. So be careful when doing things like that, people out there in the world. I think more so it's dangerous to do alone, but I had one of my best friends with me and we had a great time on the drive. You know what our game was on the drive home actually? That was frustrating enough to keep me super awake. We were trying to name different artists from the 90s, like music artists from the 90s. Okay. It was just, it was a fun game. You had to be there. I, I bet I did, but still, even with a friend there, you still are like impaired. Like they say driving drought, like tired is similar to drunk. Driving drunk with a friend does not still make it okay. <laughs> That's okay? a good point. Okay, yeah. Okay, so it's okay. just, it's not safe to do people. Just stay the night if you have to. Like, it's not worth it. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> First of all, just, okay. Last, <laughs> last, I actually meant last of all. Lastly, on this particular situation, Richie's go-to saying is safety first, teamwork second. So he's a big safety fan. And actually for my sister's first kid, the baby shower gift was a whole bunch of safety products. So <laughs> yeah, it's true. anyways, let's move on. The house is safe. Yes. Let's <laughs> move on to my first headline. And this one's kind of crazy. So today, and we're recording Monday, July 29th, a technical glitch at the entry points of Magic Kingdom were off and it caused major delays to get into the Magic Kingdom, with some guests reporting that they had to wait over two hours at guest services to get into the Magic Kingdom. What was off? The little thing where you hit your magic band? For whatever, whatever I, it doesn't spe specify exactly what the situation was in the headlines that I was reading, in the news articles I was reading, but there was some sort of an entry technical glitch that prevented people from actually entering the park. Interesting. That sucks. Apparently, I mean, they painted something that was 
like borderline apocalyptic tr- crying children crowds heat yeah, obviously <laughs> sounds terrible it does sound terrible i would be really really i would be bummed out I, if that happened i wonder what they did because i feel like disney always tries to make stuff right so like i wonder mm-hmm. what they did yeah so far reports haven't come out about what they did right which because i do agree with you they do things that will kind of make it up to guests i hope that they got some sort of a like a free fast pass in their in their app yeah <laughs> i wonder who's responsible for that like i wonder if there's one person that's the go-to that's like bob we need something to give to people what do we do I know what to Joanne, do. Joanne. It's go time. <laughs> what do we do? Pretzels. And it's like you have like these people that just creatively think about how to fix things in bad situations. I would love that job. It's a great job. Not maybe like, I guess not technically like fix, but make things right. Like yeah. make the guest experience right. Which I'm pretty sure there's like a cast member listening that's like, we all do that. Yeah, and they do. They yeah. absolutely do. Like look at Melissa making my cinnamon exactly. roll transportation situation correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyways, resolved now, but this morning it was a very frustrating time for a lot of families and guests. And if you live through that, please let us know. DM us on any of our social media accounts because uh, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. Next headline. It's going to be my last headline of the day because I really want to get into today's topic. The Mickey Celebration Donut, which is a giant Mickey-shaped donut complete with two donuts for the ears that are regular sized and one giant donut in the middle for the Mickey head. Mm -hmm. It disappeared for a while from Magic Kingdom, but it's back. And it's back at the Main Street Bakery, which is Starbucks. Cool. And this is really, really important because now it's moved from the lunching pad in Tomorrowland, which is more of like a snacky stand in Tomorrowland, but now it's at the perfect location because it's with coffee at Starbucks. So it's back for guests to enjoy, which I have yet to enjoy it, but I really, really want to. Nice. And I'm gonna do it on a very hungry morning when I go back. Okay. (laughs) You're gonna have to share it with me. Okay. I will eat the cookie. It's a donut. I will eat the donut. Okay. (laughs) We can get a cookie as well. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So let's move on. Today, we're going to be talking about the beginnings of Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. Okay. What are your initial thoughts on the Tiki Room? Do you remember it well? Do you kind of remember... Is that the one that they have a play inside? Where they have birds singing to you? Okay, I don't remember that. Okay. I probably fell asleep in that. Okay. I'm almost confident we went into there and I went straight to sleep. Really? Or am I thinking about the one with the bears? The country bear jamboree? Yeah. It's one of those. Anytime you put me somewhere and I just have to sit and watch something in a dark room, I'm probably going to fall asleep. <laughs> Especially at Disney because I'm tired. <laughs> so what you're telling me is I have to take you to all any of any dark attraction with air conditioning? That's, Bring a pillow. No, no, no. I was going to say <laughs> immediately after you've had your coffee. Yeah, I don't know. I can't guarantee that, I feel like. Wow. Because I'm just always so tired, like, when I'm there. And it's like, so, like, if we're not doing stuff that's, like, active, like a roller coaster or a ride or something, like, you just put me somewhere and then, like, you put on some nice little music, dim the lights, mm-hmm. we're going to take a nap, five minutes. And okay. that's how long these things usually last. And it's all the nap time I need to, like, re-energize. So that's a perfect opportunity. 
I've went on too long about this. I hear I our listeners sighing at <laughs> the fact that you are have have a very bad approach to the classic, classic Enchanted Tiki Room. But that's okay, because I think that today, with the things I'm going to tell you about its history, that you might be more interested to stay awake the next time you see it. Okay. Okay. My siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Oh, look at all the people. And welcome to Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. Hey, Michael, me amigo, pay attention, it's show time. So it is. And what darling people I have sitting under me. Pierre, you rascal, you. Let's put on the show. Mon ami, I am always ready, as you say, to put on the show. Oh, pardon, madame. That whistle was for my good friend, Fritz. Ach, to Lieber, I almost fell out of my upper perch. Uh, glad to see you all aboard, uh, ashore, or <laughs> wherever you are. My goodness, you're all staring at us. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the glee club. <laughs> ole, ole, it's show time. So let's start off with this. So this is kind of going to be an expansion on a recent flash briefing that I had about audio animatronics and kind of their origins, which we are going to kind of review today, because I think that that technology aspect is really what's going to kind of hook you in and make you want to, again, stay awake during the attraction. So the Enchanted Tiki Room was actually the first attraction to showcase audio animatronic technology, specifically audio animatronics, because up to this point at Disneyland, when this, okay, let me me back up. This attraction opened in 1963. So up to this point at Disneyland, the um, the only animatronics they had were not audio synced. Gotcha. So there was no sound to them, and these were primarily featured in the Jungle Cruise. So, you know, you see a hippo come out of the water, opens its mouth, closes its mouth, goes back into the water. It's a very short movement. It's nothing so, so dynamic, and I mean, it's fun, but the technology, um, it was more it was more limited, we'll say. Okay. Okay. And so the Enchanted Tiki Room features... A hundred and over 150 audio animatronics in the form of birds, flowers, tiki gods in a totem pole on the wall, and some other things. So it really helped Walt Disney because Walt Disney was still alive when this technology was being developed, and it kind of moved him that step closer to having real life animals in the park that that had more dynamic movements. They made these noises. Because remember we've talked about in the past how when he was first developing Jungle Cruise, for instance, again, that he wanted the to have real animals on the Jungle Cruise. Yes. But it didn't have... But it, it just didn't happen at the time. Yes. Um, I think I talked about how he probably didn't want Animal Kingdom to be a thing. He did not? Yeah. I totally disagree. No, I know. I think we went through this. I don't remember this. <laughs> yeah, because... Are we going to have to rehash this again? Yeah, because I think it was along the lines of, like, he wanted animals and decided, like, specifically decided not to have them. And then when he was gone, someone came and was like, we're putting real animals. 
Well, that was my thought. I think because the 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 jungle cruise, it would be probably a lot more difficult to have real animals than at Kilimanjaro Safari, for instance, where it's more of a natural habitat. Whereas the jungle cruise is like a spoof on a natural habitat. Yeah. I mean, because you don't necessarily go ahead. I have you, a question. Yes, please. Was it always a spoof? Like, was it always comedy? No, it wasn't. See, that is a freaking nugget. Yeah, the earliest years of the Jungle Cruise, there was a more serious approach to the script. And I don't know how long after, but it was pretty soon after, to, like what I'm thinking, that they started to add the comedy aspect into it. But it was not always kind of that pun fest. See, this is why like I love today's day and age because I feel like businesses now can record and document why things happen, you know, and like you could even see sometimes like businesses like, you know, you're seeing these conversations play out. I wish I knew the conversation that was had to like say, we need to make this funnier. <laughs> and it was successful. Like obviously people yeah. love it, it, you know. And you know what's funny too about just kind of tying it back into the Enchanted Tiki Room, Walt wanted this to be a fun attraction. He didn't want it to just look like a museum with some birds and, oh, they're just chirping or, you know, he wanted guests to have fun. And to, it's going, it has like light humor. So it's, um, it's similar in that regard to the Jungle Cruise, but that's exactly what Walt wanted. He didn't want it to be like serious, this particular attraction. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. How did we get to Jungle Cruise from the Tiki Room? Uh, animals. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but let's circle back. Let's go back to audio animatronics. Okay. Okay. So Disney Imagineering, they define an audio animatronic as a robot that has paired sounds and movements. And so Walt felt that he his company has already been doing animation for years. And so it was time to kind of expand what they're doing and to make something more th like a three-dimensional animation. So that's what Audio Animatronics accomplished was taking their company to the next level and making this three-dimensional animation since they had already kind of conquered the, the 2D animation. So his initial inspiration was when he was on vacation. And I've seen actually conflicting reports from Disney, like actually from Disney, that he was either on vacation in Europe or he was on either on vacation in, in New Orleans, that he found a mechanical bird from the 18th century. And he was just intrigued and he wanted to know how it worked. So he brought it back to his Imagineers and he had them take it apart. He stole it. He bought it. <laughs> he, he did buy this antique bird. I'm sure everything was super legal. Yeah. <laughs> but he took it back to the studio so that his Imagineers can see how it worked. Um, and he tasked them to create something better because what this bird did was it was very simple. It, it wasn't, I, I guess, I mean, it's from the 18th century. So it was from 100 years before or some sometime before, at least 50 something years. So he wanted them to expand upon it, expand upon it. And what they actually prototyped in term, like for the audio animatronic was a nine inch dancing tap dancing figure. So it was called, I love the name, Project Little Man. Jeez. He was nine inches tall. Wow. <laughs> 
So he, they made him um, tap dance, and it, it's still even... That was really the initial audio animatronic that, that Wed Enterprises, which is Disney Imagineering before they changed the name, created. So let's talk about the birds in the Enchanted Tiki Room. So they sing, they move, but something even crazier is actually just the way they look. So the feathers on the birds are real feathers. And- It's a little disturbing. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Much rather if you said fake feathers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, No one's gonna be able to unsee that, unfortunately. Well, that they're all real feathers? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it, well, even crazier about the feathers is there's like there's four host birds in the attraction and they hail from different countries. So Germany, Ireland, Mexico and France. And the, the plumage on the bird mimics the colors of the flag that they hail from. Plumage. That's the word of the day for anyone listening. <laughs> never heard that word in my life. You've never heard plumage? Nope. Echo. What does plumage mean? Plumage is usually defined as the entire feathery covering of a bird. For more, ask me to give you more definitions for plumage. That's okay. It's interesting. <laughs> well, just a new word. Okay. <laughs> you gotta try to use it at least one more time today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, but another interesting thing about the way the birds physically looked was the the initial. Um, I guess look of the bird, Walt was looking at it and he thought that it, it didn't look like it was breathing so that its chest wasn't moving in and out. <laughs> Richie's face is like, first you told me there's real feathers and now you're telling me they're not breathing. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. But it makes sense because Walt saw that the birds are moving and flapping their wings, but why doesn't it look like they're breathing? So it adds kind of maybe that, that, um, not it. What's the word I'm looking for? Not hidden. Plumage. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> but I guess adding that breathing motion makes it so that they they have a little bit more life to them. But the problem is that they didn't have quite the material on their chest plate, right? And so the designer of the of the bird's look. Imagineer Harriet Burns, who is, fun fact, the considered the first female Disney Imagineer. Oh, there you go. She was in a meeting with Walt, and Walt was wearing like a cashmere sweater. And she saw how when Walt's arms moved, the way that the cashmere moved on his elbow. And then she's like, huh, that would be a great material on the chest plate of the birds so that it can move in and out in a natural way. Gotcha. So I always thought that was a fun fact. So they used the cashmere to put on the as the feathers or just to put on the chest? What happened? As on the chest. Okay. Yeah. So even to this day, that's the material that they use on these birds. Is but cashmere is the entire, on the chest. Okay, so it's not the entire plumage. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to use the word. <laughs> you challenged me. I'll never challenge you again. Yeah, to use the word again. All right. No. Um, so yeah. So anyways, the and I've said this before, when the attraction was opening, the technology was so 
was so revolutionary at the time that they had to have a bird, an audio animatronic bird, much like the ones that are inside the attraction, outside. And they called it a barker bird. So apparently, and this is a new word that I learned, a barker is someone who would be like, oh, step right up, step right up. You have amazing, the you know, the bearded lady in here. Come on and see the amazing, whatever. I, I equate this to, you know, a sign flipper today. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so they had to have that bird outside the attraction so that guests would know what they should expect inside because people were like dancing and singing birds. How... How would you do that? So, another fun fact. But even when they were thinking about, so those are just the birds, but the attraction itself didn't even start out as a show, like how it is today. It started out as a restaurant. So they wanted to have the Enchanted Tiki Room, I guess, in a restaurant that guests would eat at, and then at the very end of their meal, that's when the birds would dance and sing. Yeah. But they came up with a few problems. Okay, what were you going to say? You know that reminds me of Dandy Bear. I never, I don't know what Dandy Bear is. You don't know what Dandy Bear is? No. Is it like Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah. Oh. It's very similar. But no, no, like it has like games and stuff, but they have a, there's a, there's a, um, like a show. Like you can sit and eat and then all of a sudden there's a show. You've never gone to Dandy Bear? Are they still around? I'm pretty sure. Echo, where's the closest Dandy Bear? Echo, stop. See, you can go still today. How many oh, stars is that? Two stars? Two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds amazing. Is that, do you see the bears there? Or is that different? Yeah, I see a bear in a show, or like a stage. Yeah, that's it. Okay, well. Interesting. Well, Disney has lots of dinner shows, but there were some specific reasons why they thought that this one kind of wouldn't be so successful, even though it was, it was pretty much set up in the perfect location for it because it was attached to a kitchen that was shared by another restaurant in Disneyland. There was a restroom in there, but the problem is, is that they thought guests would linger to watch the birds. And so they wouldn't have as much guest capacity over the course of the day. Another problem is that the birds would be overhead. And so if these birds are looking so lifelike, what do birds do if they're you're over your head? They might poop on you, mm -hmm. right? So they didn't kind of want that aspect. Oh, this is dinner. These birds are super lifelike. What if they poop in my food? So that was just another thing that kind of hindered them to steer away from having the, the show as a restaurant instead. If I was in that meeting, I would have said, you're dumb. <laughs> for the person that came up with that. Because no one's going to think that. They know it's for sure fake. Well, it was the Imagineers that brought it up to Walt. And Walt seemed to be like, oh, okay. No, I, I would have been like, it's just... They're fake birds. Like <laughs> it's just for the show. They they thought that, uh, whatever. I mean, I guess that's I guess you, what you have to do though. You have to think of for maybe that like small percentage of people that you would ruin their day. Yeah. You gotta think about them. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah. Well. So instead of a Polynesian inspired restaurant, they decided to have a attraction that was inspired by a romanticized version of tiki culture. And since the birds, of course, were going to sing, they had to have a theme song. So Walt asked the Sherman brothers, who were like the staff songwriters of the company, to write a theme song for the attraction. Do you know the song? No. In the tiki, 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 tiki room. In the tiki. Never heard it. 
You're kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, they also, so the Sherman Brothers also wrote It's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, um, It's a Small World. So these are iconic songwriters. Mm-hmm. And they came up with this other iconic song, which I'm going to play on repeat until the day you die. Okay. <laughs> um, so the Sherman Brothers wrote, at, wrote, wrote the song, and it was, sing, it was sang by a quartet called the Mellow Men. And I thought this was a super fun fact that you would enjoy. One of the singers of this song was Thurl Ravenscroft, who is the voice of Tony the Tiger. They're great. Yeah, I know that one. Okay. <laughs> cool. I just thought that was a super fun fact. And so throughout the show, there's that theme song, which op- um, opens and closes the, the show. And then there's other Hawaiian songs and bird puns that, that kind of fill it. Now, the initial attraction, it wasn't actually owned by the Walt Disney Company. It was owned by Wed Enterprises, which I kind of said is Imagineering before it was technically Imagineering. It was where it was the company that Walt developed new technologies with. And because of that, you couldn't just have um, an A ticket or an E ticket to get onto the attraction. You had to buy a whole separate ticket that was 75 cents, especially for the Enchanted Tiki Room, because it was owned by Wet Enterprises and not the Walt Disney Company. Did he buy that company? How'd that work? He created it. So he created a company within Disney? Well, because you know how, like, I guess every... Every large company, I, I don't want to say every, but most large company have subsidiaries under it that are branches of what it does. Yeah. You're huh. a business guy. No, I know, but I just, <laughs> I can't, I mean, we have like, essentially in my company, we have departments in there, but we're not going to create a different company name just for that particular, like our IT department, let's say. We would do it all under the same thing. But it's not IT. This is a completely like a, de- it's a sub, it's like a development company to develop new things. Yeah, no, or, I mean, I, I, I think there are times that you do that. And I think like, I, I just, because it's so essential to, to like Disney parks, it just seems like it would have been part of that. So it's just interesting to hear that his business decision, like, was to do a whole new separate thing that sounds like it just had engineering and, and like hardware production. I don't even know where, I mean, that's getting really complicated. It's like where he might've sourced like the, 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 the actual animatronic robotics. Do you know if that was, those robotics were in house like built? They were all house built. Okay. So then he basically had engineering and like in house robotics under a different company inside but then you see how complicated it becomes where you have to buy an extra ticket. That's why like things like that like don't seem like the best idea because you have to buy an extra ticket because it was a different company inside of Disney that was also owned by Disney. That's complicated. I see the feathering of <laughs> the branches that you're that you're showing me that are sprouting. Yeah. Yes. It's just that's really interesting to hear about. Mm-hmm. I don't remember hearing about this company before. I know you said we've talked about it, but I can't remember like when we talked about we that. We just talked about it oh, like it was 15 today. minutes ago. Oh, okay, okay. If you could rewind back to minute 10. Okay. <laughs> and it was called Wed? Wed, yeah. So Walt, Walter Elias Disney. Oh, okay. So Wed, yeah. But um, anywho, so the, the, the attraction 
was super successful. It was an opening day attraction at Magic Kingdom in 1971, so they transplanted it over. Even though it was technically called, instead of Enchanted Tiki Room, it was called Tropical Serenade, for whatever reason, <laughs> just to give it some diversity, I suppose. Um, but eventually they did change it to um, back to Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. Um, so that's a, just a bit about the beginnings of the attraction. We're probably not going to go too, too much more into it, but I just want to end on kind of the icon that it is and, and how Richie does not respect the icon because he falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'll pay attention to the, the plumes. The plumage. The plumage. I guess it could be called plumes. I'll pay attention to the plumes now when I walk in at least. Yeah. Well... Fun facts. It's in Disney World, right? It's in Disney World and in Disneyland. Okay. Yeah, it is. Is it in Japan? It is in Japan, but it's kind of a different rendition. I believe it features Stitch. Mm. Stitch the Alien from Lilo and Stitch. Okay. Yeah. So, icon status. It's more timeless, I would say, than Carousel of Progress, just because it doesn't have the burden of showcasing technology in a front-facing way. I mean, I guess that maybe the movements could be more fluid of the birds, and but it's still a very classic attraction that shows so much of the Disney history in it. Even if most guests go in just to take a nap, I think that the Disney history that's in these birds is just crazy, especially if you start looking at their chest to see how they're breathing. Yeah. I love that when you go inside, it's like the night and it rains inside, like it fake rains inside. That's always a fun thing to do. See, how can you not go to sleep? It's very soothing. Okay. <laughs> I'll say this. The, the music is catchy and the, the water sounds are soothing. You want to know something crazy though? How iconic the original rendition is that, that Walt like literally worked on. In the 90s, they changed the Walt Disney version, the version that we have here in Magic Kingdom, to feature Iago the parrot from Aladdin. And it was called The Enchanted Tiki Room Under New Management. It was, people were so upset because it was such a bad show. So much so that the ending, this is the craziest story, and I wonder how you're going to react to this. They moved, they, they did change it back to what the original incarnation was, but only after a fire broke out in the under new management version. Then they closed the whole thing down, and then when it opened back up, it was just back to normal. Mm. So you think the fire was a conspiracy? People think it's a conspiracy. Is there no eyewitnesses of an actual fire? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I too think it's a conspiracy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm sure that there's some truth to it. Maybe there was some sparks flying. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know what's crazy? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm using the word right. Meta. We're having a very big vocabulary day. Mm. <laughs> but since the history of the attraction was supposed to be a restaurant, you can still get a Dole Whip and bring it inside. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, oh. That dining and show experience. Yeah, I'm gonna be 100% with you. I think you used the meta in the wrong context. Okay, here. cool, cool. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say a tasty treat. Yeah, it's a tasty treat. It's a tasty treat. And, and, and the last fun fact to really, really close out, which I've said before, but I don't know if you remember. 
This built the Enchanted Tiki Room in Disneyland was the first attraction in Disneyland to have air conditioning because mm. it had to keep the floor to ceiling computers that operated the whole attraction cool. That's a fun fact. The computers are floor to ceiling? They were described as floor to ceiling. And this is 1960s, so it makes, it seems about right. Yeah, actually, that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Are you going to stay awake? I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to. Plumage. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Okay, great. Well, I thought that was pretty interesting, actually. So I hope the listeners uh, feel the same way. And uh, as you know, we are on all major social media platforms. So follow us, connect with us, let us know what you think about the episodes. Love to hear your thoughts about the Tiki Room and about the word plumage. Um, if you'd like to let us know if you have any previous experiences with the word. Um, yeah, let us know if you've been to a dandy bear. Yeah, let me know if you've been to a dandy bear. <laughs> yeah. Those, you know, it's, sorry, uh, Discovery Zone was really big. And then when it closed, it seemed like da- dandy bear was the only other option. First of all, Discovery Zone was the only option. Yeah, I know. And the place is amazing. Th- I love the Discovery Zone. That was... <sighs> That shiz. was my Disney as a kid. Man, I, I treated it like it was my Disney. Yeah. I loved it that much. Yeah, that was heaven for me. Anyway, yeah. okay. okay. Follow us on everything. Check out our website, thewaltdaily.com. You gotta go to thewaltdaily.com. Like, you gotta put the the in there. Yeah. Go check it out. T shirts. Support the podcast. Buy a shirt. Buy a mug. And a mug. <laughs> and and uh, check out the Alexa Flash briefings uh, if you haven't enabled that yet. I was at a voice conference recently, and uh, the Alexa devices and these flash briefings are really taking off um, in society and culture. So if you don't have a device yet, get one. And then when you get one, enable Ask Alexa to enable the Walt Daily skill or the Walt Daily flash briefing. Yeah, cool. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We hope you have a very magical day. Isn't that right, Herr Schmidt? <laughs> I see Schmidt has no hair. Me amigo, stop the clucking. You sound like a bunch Goodbye. of old hands. There's a lot of birds waiting to go on. For instance, the boys in the back are comic cause. Because of their claws? No, because they're macaws. And our fine feathered friend is a jolly toucan. And two can sound better than one toucan can. <laughs> Bird of paradise is an elegant bird. It likes to be seen and it loves to be heard. Most little birdies will fly away, but the tiki room birds are here every day. In the tiki, tiki, tiki.